Coming up next on this episode of the Unlock You podcast. And then the lady asked him, you know, we would love for you to come to our church. Would you like to come to church on Sunday? And that's when the lady said, oh, we we can't come to your church. We're strippers at the club here in Fort Worth. If we come to your church, we're going to see our customers and they're going to be with their families. They're going to know that we don't belong, which just breaks my heart that yeah. that's how they viewed themselves. Yeah. The nice lady told them, well, go find this lady. Here's her name and address. And if you if you go talk to her, she'll be nice to you. And they that's why they came to my house. Hey friends, thanks so much for joining us. This is Unlock You with Dr. Shannon Crawford. I'm a clinical psychologist, leadership consultant, and a really big fan of you getting to fulfill your life purpose. I want you to get unstuck and unlock your potential relationally, emotionally, spiritually, and vocationally. Thanks for joining us and let's get started. Welcome to Unlock You with Dr. Shannon Crawford, and I am literally speechless. Carrie Grace and I have been talking about 12,000 million episodes we're going to do together because she's so interesting. And if you want to picture a real life Wonder Woman, yes, I think the film and the actors are fantastic and I love them, but literally the real deal is sitting to my left, the audience is right, uh, because she is amazing and she always was a superhero, but maybe in disguise, like many of you, that you don't know the power that's inside of you. And today we're excited to help unlock this superpower, superhero wonderfulness in you. So I want to introduce you to a dear friend, Carrie Grace. Thank you so much. I'm excited just to have this conversation. <laughs> uh, we've already been talking in the kitchen yes. and, and <laughs> so we've done some outtakes. Just continuing it here. <laughs> yes. It's going to be fun. I love it. Okay. So what was the moment that you knew you were a superhero? Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, I have more stories of not feeling like a superhero than feeling like a superhero for sure. Um, I just think that again, I love the book captivating mm -hmm. and there's a chapter called um, irreplaceable role. Mm. And I love that because it's like, I didn't create this role for myself, yeah. but I have a creator that had a plan for me and he put certain things in me <laughs> just like he did you and yes. everyone else to get to deposit into yes. the world. And yeah. that's what makes it impactful. It's not because I came up with some great idea of something cool to do. I was literally a stay at home homeschooling pastor's wife, which is pretty much the greatest bubble you can create for yourself. I like how you describe it being <laughs> the most vanilla. <laughs> it's the most vanilla. And you know, that was my life and God truly just interrupted my life and burst mm -hmm. through my little bubble because he had a plan and he had a role for me to play. Mm -hmm. So I never saw myself as anything other than I'm very fearful. Mm. That was kind of the first emotion I remember feeling as a child was just fearful of everything. And I lived my life that way, decades in fear. Yeah. And he shows up on the scene and it's like, he wants you to know, like there's more in you than, you know, yeah. and he's just kind of pulling it out. Yes. Um, and so that's really what he did. He interrupted my bubble one day and kind of, uh, <laughs> took me out of my norm and introduced me to the path that he actually had for me. 
that before I wasn't brave enough to step into. You so know? I've only met her on this side of her journey where she's like, just, oh yeah, when I was being tortured in, in <laughs> Iran or Iraq or something. Oh, when I was rescuing people out of human trafficking and I was helping these women like feel safe who had just been rescued out of trafficking in foreign countries. And you're the only female on the team of all these military people that are doing real rescues today. Like Hollywood has nothing on what this organization is doing. Am I allowed to say the name of the? Yes. Yeah. Yes. It's Freedom Shield. <laughs> yes. I'm the biggest fan. I'm like pom-poms. I love Freedom Shield. So it's all ex-military um, men and women who have uh, served and now they're doing it on the private sector to help rescue people domestically and internationally. And they have been a huge leading uh, spear in helping set a lot of captives free, literally, and carry grace is uh amazing and she's a part of that and she has like these offhand comments that i'm like doing my like baking eggs you know like a normal person and she's like oh yeah you know like when we were being held captive somewhere and i'm like what in the world so that's always been your story as in my head mm -hmm. but you're saying there's a story before oh, i met you and what yeah. did that look like yeah so i um I was, I was sharing with her, I was probably the most fearful person you would ever meet. And I just had a nonstop, you know, Rolodex in my mind that never quit telling me all of the things I should be worried about or fearful about, or what could happen. And it, it was just, um, it was truly nonstop. And I didn't know that other people weren't walking around like that. I just thought it was normal because I didn't know anything other than that. Yeah. And, um, and God literally took that spirit of fear out of me one day. Yeah. I didn't ask, I didn't go through like deliverance. I didn't even know that that's what it was. Yeah. I just had this nonstop lifestyle that, um, was normal to me of being, completely incapacitated with fear. Mm. And I, um, I have a completely different life now and there's not anything that I fear. Mm. And I think that when, um, you know, when we're, we're in different situations where, you know, we watch someone else, we see a friend or we see something on the news and we just think to ourselves, oh my gosh, I could never handle that. I wouldn't mm -hmm. be able to survive that. And now I am doing the things that before I would have watched and been like, oh my gosh, I can't do, I can't yeah, do that. I'm still terrified, you know? and, oh my gosh. And now it's like, okay, let's do this. And um, and that's just because he came and he took fear out of me mm -hmm. and he gave me. And I love that in scripture, so many times when people receive the Holy Spirit, it says that they spoke more boldly. Like there was a boldness that came on people. Yeah. And people that knew me as a kid or a teenager they wouldn't describe me as bold. <laughs> and what's funny is that was literally always in me yeah. and the enemy came to steal that from me. Mm -hmm. Um, because he knew who I was supposed to be, you know, like there was yeah. a, there was an indication probably early on yeah. anyhow, that, um, what I love is that I was living a very safe vanilla <laughs> life and, um, so I hope that gives encouragement out there. If you feel like you're not the most brave and you are the person that's like counting the coupons, right? Regulating all the systems in the world in your life and very controlled, very fear-based or very vanilla bland, that may not be the end of your story. There may be some fun stuff. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I would just encourage you, um, 
you have something in you that, you know, hasn't been tapped into yet and mm-hmm. you feel it. And yeah. it probably, you get glimpses of it in moments and that's, what's real. Yeah. And um, the other stuff that kind of holds you back, that's the stuff that you'll throw off mm-hmm. in the midst of, um, running towards your calling. Yeah. And I, you know, I was at home one day with my kids just doing my normal life and um, my doorbell rang. I go and answer the door and there's three beautiful women standing there. And they just said to me, we were told if we came here, you would be nice to us. And that was the oddest introduction. I was like, they don't have a clipboard. They're not selling anything. Like, I don't understand. So I asked them, you know, well, who sent you to my house? Uh Um, And they said, well, we went to a church. We were trying to get financial help. They had a sign up that said, you know, if you need financial help, which, you know, we know that that means like Dave Ramsey, Ramsey. (laughs) but they were like, we need money. And so So you're going to give us money. Right. So they go in and um, spoke to a really sweet lady that you know, was asking them, would you like to know about God? Do you have a relationship with him? And, and they're trying to figure out, do we have to say yes to get money? Like what's the catch? And, um, and then the lady asked them, you know, we would love for you to come to our church. Would you like to come to church on Sunday? And that's when the lady said, oh, we, we can't come to your church. We're strippers at the club here in Fort Worth. And, if we come to your church, we're going to see our customers and they're going to be with their families they're going to know that we don't belong, Mm. which just breaks my heart that that's how they viewed themselves. And so the nice lady told them, well, go find this lady. Here's her name and address. And if you, if you go talk to her, she'll be nice to you. And they, that's why they came to my house. So isn't that a sobering moment that many of us could just be going through life and not realize the stakes that these girls didn't say, Hey, here's my context. Here's my background. They're just people randomly at her door. And a lot of times (laughs) people come to my door, I'm pretty guarded Mm -hmm. and I'm like, who are you? Why, why are you coming to my house? Um, but isn't that interesting that if we just take a minute and we're really sensitive to what we're in, there may be something really big happening, but there's not like a big billboard that says, Hey, this is a part of your future destiny. And if you step in this with me, it may change your life as well as someone else's. Um, so I just commend you that as you're living this normal vanilla bland life, like the rest of all of us listening and me, um, that by stepping into that role of kindness, just being human and recognizing the moment you're in, it really changed something for them, but also for you. Oh yeah. So keep going. Yeah. And I think that's such an important thing because they didn't come to me and say, Hey, she said that you would financially help us. She said that you would solve all of our problems. They just said you would be nice to us. Mm -hmm. It's such a simple thing. And, and can you imagine being so hungry Mm -hmm. for kindness that you go to a stranger's door that you don't know? Yeah just because you were told this lady will be nice to you. And I didn't have anything to offer. I didn't really know Mm -hmm. what to do. I just said, well, you know, come on in and let's just become friends. Like let's build a relationship. And, you know, they, they taught me so much. Um, those three women were precious to me and they didn't know how to get out of the industry. They hated what they were doing. Mm. And they didn't know a way out. And when you think about, you know, just a basic resume, Mm -hmm. when your resume says Rick's cabaret, 
what do you do next? What's your next step? And you're vulnerable if you don't put something on your resume and you're vulnerable if you do, because what if that person then uses that information against you? And so it was just, I saw behind the curtain Mm -hmm. and the Hollywood version of strip clubs and what's happening. It was just blown up for me in spending time with these women and hearing their stories. And there was one woman in particular, um, she was beautiful and she had a daughter who was disabled. Mm. So she couldn't put her in just regular daycare. So she had a live-in boyfriend that would stay a few nights a week while she would go dance at the club. And that was how she was able to take care of herself and her daughter. Gosh. And this girl broke my heart because she would come to my house And it was time to, you know, she had to go to her shift Mm -hmm. and she didn't want to do it. And she would tell me, I don't want anybody to touch me. I don't want to take my clothes off. I, I don't want to drink until I pass out. Like, I don't want to do this anymore. And would throw up in my bathroom Mm -hmm. because she was physically sick over what she was about to have to go do. Gosh. And I saw, I'm like, this is what's real. Mm -hmm. It's not you know, oh, they're having a good time and they're making all this money and they're putting themselves through college. Like, no, they're not. Mm -hmm. And I knew then that I don't know what to do, but I have to do something. If God brought these women to my front door, I I don't have to sit and wonder, like, I wonder if I'm called to help women, you know, (laughs) like he made it real easy for me. Um, but she did something in my heart Mm -hmm. that I can never forget. Um, because I knew these are vulnerabilities that any of us put into a difficult situation like that. We don't know what we would do. And it's so easy to say, oh, I would never, or to look down or judge. You don't know. You don't. And and Mm -hmm. that's what I realized with her. Every single one of these women, they have a story and they're worth, they're Mm -hmm. worth coming alongside and helping them discover who were you intended to be? Who did God say that you are? Because your story is not over. And it's my passion um, to get to come alongside these women. And, you know, and I didn't have, a, you know, I didn't have a degree in this. I didn't have, you know, this, I, I'm going to start a ministry. I didn't have any of that. I was, God brought it to me. Hmm. And I learned as I went. And so I just want people to know, you know, you may look at where I am today and go, oh my gosh, like she's, you know, Mm -hmm. written these programs and she's traveled and done all these things. I was just minding my own business (laughs) and God came and interrupted. And so, um, I wouldn't have it any other way. I love what I'm doing today, but it, there's not anything special about me. Mm. There's not, it's just, I'm just getting to live the life he created me to live. And, um, that's what I want people to know is, you know, you don't have to have it all figured out. You just have to be willing to say yes. And he will make it, he will lay the path out in front of you and, Mm. and he'll connect you to people. So you don't have to do it alone. Mm -hmm. Um, you won't be by yourself, you know, if you say yes to God. And I think, you know, the enemy wants to intimidate us. He wants to disqualify us. Um, he doesn't want us to take those steps. And so, um, I'm just here to encourage you. Like, I promise you, if I can step into it, anybody can. Um, and, and I'm literally every day of my life, I get to live a life that is what I was created to live. You know, I didn't know that before. Um, I had no idea that I was so 
bold and adventurous because all I knew was fear, you know? And now I'm like, I love my life. I feel like this, I I turned 47 this year and I'm like, it's just getting good. (laughs) It's just getting good. Thank you. (laughs) Anyhow. Okay. So for the person that's listening to this and they're, you know, they have their mortgage or they have their car payment, they have their normal life. And that just seems so impossible to imagine living a life very different than what we're used to. Um, What would you say was like some of those low stakes, early first steps that helped you move in that direction? Because I would assume day one, you're not going to Iraq. You're not going (laughs) to Iran and Afghanistan. You're probably not doing that the first day. Mm -hmm. So in the first day, what were those first beginning steps that you could do to start that adventure? I, I feel like it's, it's super basic in that um, every day. And, and this is just how I still live my life. Every single day I start it with the Lord and I'm in his word and I'm in his presence, because if I start trying to make stuff up, first of all, it won't produce any fruit. Yeah. And I don't have the same, um, authority. I don't have the same Mm -hmm. anointing if I'm not walking in what he has for me. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it may feel like, well, this seems so small and so menial, Like this isn't a big deal, but if it's his voice prompting you Mm -hmm. just do it because I, like you said, it was step-by-step and, um, I started out with just, I was by myself with three women coming. I had like a little mini informal support group that I started in my living room, not knowing what in the world I was doing. And then, you know, that was in 2004. It wasn't until 2010 Mm. that I met a woman named Polly who was going into, God had called her to go into strip clubs, to reach Mm -hmm. women right where they were. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, you know, just love on them, Mm -hmm. express the love of Christ to them. And so he joined me with someone else and I wasn't alone anymore. And it was like, okay, there's a momentum. And then Mm -hmm. all these other women started gathering around and it was just step-by-step. It wasn't like, I feel called to help, you know, sex traffic victims. So I'm going to Iraq to work with the women who were rescued out of ISIS control, like yeah, real big step. And that was years later. So you go from 2004, mm-hmm. I didn't step into Iraq until 2016. Wow. Okay. So, you know, there's, there's a lot of things that he's doing to prepare you along yeah. the way. And um, so that each step is actually pretty easy because okay. he's been building, you know, your faith, yeah. he's been faithful and you've watched him and what he can do. And it just builds your faith to keep saying yes to the bigger things, yeah. you know? Cause I think a lot of times there's two personalities. One, it's like kind of kicking and screaming every step. And another personality, a little bit more like mm-hmm. mine is like big vision. And I'm like, <laughs> fly and fall because I think the vision means it's right now. Yeah. Instead of just that next faithful Mm -hmm. obedience and the small obedience that Mm -hmm. then builds the character and the comfort level and all the things so that you're ready for that next. Yeah. I love the duality of, um, I'm a very present in the moment person, Mm -hmm. wherever I am, I'm a hundred percent there. It's just how I've always been. So for me to have like the big vision is not like, I have to be really intentional to sit and let the Lord take over my imagination, which mm-hmm. is his territory. That's why the enemy wants it. Yeah. And um, so that we can imagine the things of heaven mm-hmm. and I have to sit and, and really be intentional with that part. And at the same time, like I do see big things mm-hmm. that are coming 
but I know that every day, all that I can affect is what the moment I'm in. Yeah. And so it's kind of that combination of like, be all here, be Mm -hmm. all in, in this Mm -hmm. moment so that the impact you're making today is substantial. Mm -hmm. And I think that we can sometimes think, well, this isn't significant enough, or this isn't really important. I've got to get to the big thing. And it's, it's like the big thing is, is there, but when you're faithful with what you have today, mm-hmm. you're making the impact that is literally paving the the road to the big things that you see. Mm-hmm. So I think it's both. It's, it's capturing those visions and being a good steward. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're a vision board person or a journaler, or if you want to, you know, give yourself voice memos and just hang on to those. Mm-hmm. Um, encourage your faith in that. And I I just, I think that's super important is to always have that big vision, Mm -hmm. but at the same time, don't let that rob you of what's happening in this exact moment. The person's in front of you. You never know. Some of the women that I have served here in the DFW area, they're now the most amazing advocates that I have because I was sitting with one woman that I didn't know what what her story was going to be only God knew. But in that moment, I got to, I got to be the tangible love of Christ to her Mm -hmm. in a moment. And he takes those seeds Mm -hmm. and we don't know who the person is in front of us and what they're going to become. And they have like far surpassed me, Mm -hmm. um, in, in their impact. So I just think it's a beautiful way of kind of doing both at the same time, steward the vision, yeah. nurture it, pray into it, keep it alive, mm-hmm. but don't let the big vision rob you of the moment that you're in being, you don't even know the impact, yeah. you know? Yeah. So when you got the vision, you stopped taking care of your kids. You stopped cleaning <laughs> your house. You didn't do anything responsible. You just ran after that. Vision, right. right. No, I know this is where I tell people, we women, I want to just speak a word to women specifically. We're in, I believe, a Proverbs 31 woman season. Mm-hmm. And when you read about that woman, I used to kind of like hate her because mm-hmm. I felt like she was setting a really unrealistic standard. I was like, I can't do all of this. Yes, we can. Mm-hmm. I feel like God has given us a capacity that allows us to be entrepreneurs that, you know, I tell everybody all the time, I start reading this Proverbs 31. I'm like, she had like an Etsy shop. I'm pretty sure in her day. And she was like taking care. She was volunteering in her community. Yeah. She was taking care of her household. She was like, she had a business. She considered a field and bought it and then turned it into a vineyard. Like she was, she was pretty amazing. And I, I feel like there's something in women that there's a capacity that God has given us in this season to steward that and to not let fear settle in and Mm -hmm. think, oh, I'm not going to be a good enough mom, or I'm not going to be a good enough. You know, I can't give myself all. I, I just feel like Mm -hmm. there's something prophetic about the season we're in Mm -hmm. that God is allowing us to kind of do it all. And it's, it can feel I think intimidating if you are not walking in his grace Mm -hmm. over your life. If you try to do it on your own, it'll feel terrible. I can vouch for that. Um, the moments that I've stepped out of his grace and try to do it in my own strength, it was not pretty. Yeah. But when we're operating in the grace that he's poured out on women, Mm -hmm. I believe that we're going to see 
a lot of um, creative solutions being deposited into the world right now through women. And it's not to discredit what God's doing through the men, because I work with the most amazing men on the face of the earth today. Literally. They're my heroes. These are incredible men that risk their lives to rescue. And um, they're amazing. And they do it with the love of Christ. So this is not to take away from men, but I just want to acknowledge that I believe God's doing something with women. Yeah. And it's okay to, to step into that right now. And, and it doesn't mean, you know, I am, I love my kids. I'm super close with my kids, but you know, we had to walk that out and Mm -hmm. I had to be a mom and run a nonprofit at the same time. And I was traveling to Iraq and we just made an arrangement. My son was still at home at the time. And I was a single mom at that point. And so our goal, our agreement was that I wouldn't be gone more than 10 days at a time. And that was how we managed that. And I made that commitment to him and I kept my commitment. Mm. And when I was there with him, I was there, Mm. you know, when I'm sitting, that needs to be repeated. (laughs) Because yeah. I think so many was times all there. we get really passionate about the calling and the assignment and the next thing that sometimes we aren't always as present with our loved ones. And that's why I made the joke about yeah. you stop taking care of your friends right. or your, your kids and your home and all the things, because many times we get so consumed with it that we can actually become kind of toxic and unhealthy mm-hmm. because we're so passionate about this need or this call, this issue that's out there that we're not necessarily yeah. taking care of our own soul, our own home, our own mm-hmm. relationship. Relationships, and there's a an element of faith and trust in saying, God, I trust you with the big vision. I trust mm-hmm. you with the a next step, and I trust you that as I'm stewarding what you've already put in my hand, and I'm faithful here, that you're going to still make sure that big vision happens. I don't have to like always be holding on to it, and then sacrificing the very people that you've put in my mm-hmm. life. Yeah, I this is huge to me because. Um, my, both of my kids. So my daughter's 25 and my son's 21 and both of them work with me now, which is incredible. That's a compliment. It's incredible. They're not burnt out. And yeah, they're so passionate. And, and again, I feel like there's something unique on our family. And this is a story for another time, but I, I had to help put my own father in prison for, um, sexually abusing minors. And, there was something that was coming through my family line that I feel like it was time for me to put a stake in the ground and say no more, Mm -hmm. um, and break off generational curses. Mm -hmm. And so my kids are a part of moving forward now and carrying something that again, if I had not been present with them, Mm -hmm. if I had not invested in them, if they had not felt Mm -hmm. like they were just as valuable to me as what Mm -hmm. God had called me to do. And I'd sacrificed that they would have I think probably been a little resentful and bitter. Mm -hmm. And this is what's amazing to me. The calling on their lives is greater than the calling on mine. Come on. So (laughs) to me to have sacrificed pouring into them would not have allowed for the fruitfulness that's going to come out of my kids. I feel like my job is just kind of to like clear the way as much as possible for my kids to run. Yeah and give them that baton and let them run because they're going to do it better than I could have ever done it. And so that's what I just want to encourage families. And the cool thing, I realized this recently, my son played basketball. That's what he did. And he was great at it. And, and so not only was I running a nonprofit and being a single mom, I was also in the gym 
you know, three nights a week, every weekend tournaments, like, and he played year round because he had slight ball. So we, it was just nonstop. Well, recently he was just doing like a fun rec league. And I was like, I'm going to go hang out and watch because I miss watching basketball. I love basketball. And I'm sitting in this gym and it's like the screeching shoes and the whistles and the, all of it. I realized that whole time when I was digging ground and I was, you know, plowing Mm -hmm. up to create programs for women who've been sexually exploited to write curriculums for women in Iraq. When I was doing all of that, I would then go and sit in the gym and watch my son play basketball. And I realize now that's how God like kept me grounded. Mm -hmm. And that was a place where everything I wasn't worried about, you know, the the big issues and the women that were being held and, you know, cause that can consume you yeah. if you don't just separate and yes. be present. And yeah. that I feel like just sitting in a gym, watching basketball was part of how God kept me yeah. really grounded in my own life mm-hmm. so that I didn't sacrifice that for yeah. others. Oh. Isn't that interesting? I think you need to highlight that some more because I think sometimes we get so passionate, whether it's leading a business or a ministry or a specific uh, cause Mm -hmm. that we can get so consumed that it's hard to just take those mental breaks, even just for our own soul to not get burnt out. And so enraptured in that, that's, that's the only thing we're thinking about and talking about. Mm -hmm. Um, But my passion with the seven mountains of culture is that we're not just encouraging people to go up the mountain and saying, rah, rah, you can do it. There's a vision but saying, are you taking care of your soul? Are you emotionally healthy? So you can thrive in the long run and then create legacy Mm -hmm. and a culture of passing the baton versus it being, I made it up the mountain. Good job, me. But then it's going to die with you or you're going to self implode and destroy because nobody can stay at that pace for that long. And so I love that you're even talking about kind of that rhythm Mm -hmm. of walking with the Lord and the uncovering of that next step. Yeah. This is something at actually the last program that I wrote is called refresh. And I wrote that program basically for the caregivers, for the people who are on the battlefield. And, you know, it's a, it's a weighty thing. And, and I, I would be lying to you if I tried to act like it was never hard or that I didn't struggle with some of the things that, um, that I hear and see, And one trip in particular to Iraq, I had made three trips back to back within four months, which was a lot while still running the nonprofit here. Um, And being a mom. And and being a mom and all the things. Yes. Yes. I've never had like, (laughs) like someone else clean my house, which would be amazing. But um, I was doing that myself. And I, there was one particular story that was really, really difficult for me to kind of dump. I just couldn't, it was stuck in me. Mm. And I was, I was having a hard time and I came back, I was going to counseling, which I always encourage people. If you're a caregiver, like you need to be cared for and you need to have a safe place where you're able to share the things that you're carrying and seeing. And so I was in counseling, I took some time off and I was trying to just like, Mm -hmm. okay, God, like what's going on? Why can't I kind of just pull this one out? And through that was when I, I realized the deep need that we have to care for ourselves Mm -hmm. so that I can show up in a way that I have something to offer. So the program I wrote, which is called refresh was written from that experience. And, um, I use the example 
in the intro of that program, if you knew, okay, I've got to have, you know, I have a brain tumor, I'm going to have to have surgery. Mm -hmm. And you had two different, you know, brain surgeons that you could choose from. They had the same education, same number of surgeries that they performed, you know, all of it's identical. So there's not a different, you know, um, you know, kind of comparison in that regard. But what if you could see like a behind the scenes version of each of those surgeons, the 24 hours leading up to your surgery. Okay. And what if you saw, let's say surgeon number one, um, let's say that, you know, he, um, he came home late from work. His wife was mad at him. They got into a fight. Um, he just ate some, you know, pizza for dinner, drank too many drinks, um, just to kind of unwind went to bed super late watching TV, wakes up the next morning, he's running late, he's got a you know headache from the night before, um, grabs a donut, some coffee on the way out. He shows up, you know, 15 minutes late, um, but he's, you know, he's there, he's ready to do your, perform your brain surgery. Oh gosh. Okay, so that's number one scenario. Then you have number two, and let's say that, you know, he comes home from his day at work and he, he lets his wife know, Hey, in the morning I have this, you know, the surgery, I would love for you to pray for me. They have dinner together, healthy meal. He gets to bed on time so that he can wake up, um, and be alert, um, gets up, has quiet time, prays, you know, has a healthy breakfast, (laughs) gets there 30 minutes early so that he is, you know, there's no stress involved in that. And he's ready. You know, he had a, had a quick workout, even got that in. So that he has the stamina in case the surgery may take a little bit longer. If you could see that, who would you pick? Mm, You know, like it's hard to figure that out. And that's how I feel. Like if you know that the work you're doing is valuable and how you show up matters, Mm -hmm. then how you care for yourself and how you show up, it matters just as much as as someone that would be performing a surgery. When I would get to Iraq, you know, I didn't know from one tent to the next, the stories I was going to hear, the state that the people were going to be in after the trauma they had endured. You know, we, ha- I saw so many trauma seizures from just all that they'd, ex- it was just the most horrific trauma I'd ever seen. Yeah. If I showed up and I had nothing to give because I was empty, then I'd, I, it would be better for me to not come. Mm-hmm. And that's what I just want people to know is that you taking the time to make sure that you are at your optimum in every way. And that's what this program is addressing everything because your finances, your health, your, you know, your, your relationships, your, your connection with the Lord, like all of that feeds into how you show up. Mm -hmm. It just does. It affects us. And so, um, it's super important to me that I, that's really what I want. If I could choose like the freedom shield advocate team is known for, I would want it to be that we're the healthiest mm-hmm. team yeah, and that we love well, yeah. that those are the two things. And so we, we encourage self-care, but I feel like self-care took on this weird thing that turned into like pedicures and and I'm like, that's That's like grooming. That is self grooming. (laughs) Like even my dog gets, you know, a bath and gets his nails done. So that's not the extent of (laughs) self-care. And if you were living at that level of self-care, like that's just grooming. Yeah. And, and so true soul care Mm -hmm. and, and every way caring for yourself and knowing yourself 
Um, and what that looks like for you is it's unique to every person, but that allows you to make a greater impact mm-hmm. every time you show up, regardless yeah. if it's showing up to meet with your friend, if it's taking care of a neighbor, or if it's sitting in a refugee camp in Iraq, you know? Oh, oh my gosh. Okay. So we are going to be obviously doing a 12 million more episodes <laughs> with the incredible Carrie Grace, who is a dear friend. And if you want to hear more about Freedom Shield and their work they're currently doing all over the world, but namely in Afghanistan and helping rescue those who cannot rescue themselves. Um, it is a huge privilege to know them. And my assistant will put links below and they also have a website, Freedom Shield. FreedomShieldFoundation.com.com. Okay. Um, Uh, Thank you guys for listening and we will have her back many, many more times. And we want you to see yourself as either Superman or Wonder Woman because it's unlocked in you. And we are so excited for you to find out more of the treasures in you through this episode and the future ones. Love you guys. Bye. Hey, thanks so much for watching this episode of Unlock You. It is our dream to invest in you. And one of the ways you can do that is by getting more of the bonus material, the content, and to know about future events. Head to the website, drshannoncrawford.com, subscribe to the newsletter, and you'll be the first to know what we're rolling out. And we want you to truly get unlocked so that you can thrive, not only for yourself, but also for the greater calling on your life. Let's link arms and do it together. See you in the next episode.